Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is sponsored by BT because BT means business. BT knows that businesses come in many shapes, sizes and guises from the person just starting out at their kitchen table to the biggest employer, which is why no matter what line of work you're in, they've got your back to help you succeed and do what you do best. No doubt connectivity is a must in Westminster and it's certainly helped us to get this episode created and distributed to you listening right now. BT already connects more than 1 million businesses and public sector organisations, offering secure and reliable connectivity. Nearly three quarters of people running a business or side hustle feel they couldn't do so without reliable broadband and mobile connectivity. That's why having connectivity you can count on is a must for business, whether it be facilitating multiple devices being connected at once or making team calls or guest Wi-Fi access for customers. BT's connectivity helps keep you and your customers happy. Whatever your business, BT's got your back. Search BT's got your back. Hello, this is the Redbox Podcast. I'm Matt Shawley. Happy Christmas. It's Christmas Day. You're listening to the Redbox Podcast. You've clearly had enough of your family. So uh, thank you for joining us and for joining me and my radio wife, Mariana Fostrup. Uh, we bring you a special look back over our radio shows in 2021. We present to you Matt and Mariella's Selection Box. Hello, hello, hello. Mariella, are you there? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> hey, happy Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Matt Jolly. I've got my bells. I've got my bells. Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> well, this is not just Matt and I getting together on the phone for all of your delectation, but Matt and Mariella's selection box with me, Mariella Frostrup, though Matt has written Fristrup. <laughs> well, I, I was worried you might not, even at this point on Christmas morning, you might have already forgotten your own name. And I'm Matt Chorley. And we are going to keep you company by you know, looking back at some of our weird bits of 2021 while you have a rummage in your stockings and get the turkey ready. Now, Mariella, do you like a good stuffing? <laughs> well, we've got a listener who might take exception to me replying to that because apparently... All our conversations over the last year have been full of double entendres, and uh, we have been getting a little bit too saucy. I um, think that's I think that's completely unfair. Some of them have been barely single entendres. <laughs> <laughs> 
Can I just say, though, while we're yeah. talking about each other and chit-chatting, shooting the breeze, you know, nobody yeah. else is listening. Uh, <laughs> that's a remarkable outfit you're wearing today, yeah, Matt. Yeah, so I've got, my, I've got my Christmas hat on, on my Zoom, and I've got my flashing Christmas jumper, because sadly, the tank tops that you bought me for Christmas... I packed them away neatly in my office desk drawer, thinking, well, I shall wear those over the festive period. And uh, thanks to Omicron, I've not been back in the building since. So no they way. Are... I could have got them for you last week and you wouldn't have had to be such a sartorial disaster today. Well, no, but instead I've got my... Look, if I turn the lights off, you can see my jumper flashes. This is good radio, isn't it? Look, my jumper's got flashing lights on. When, when you also... turn the lights off and move, what I see is the real occupant of Downing Street because, of course, you are sitting at Boris Johnson's desk. Yes, so um, it's a Zoom. My Zoom background is of Boris Johnson uh, in a work meeting, which looks quite a lot like a Zoom quiz, uh, with the and, with the person with the tinsel on. And do you want me to describe my work? Background? Yes, describe your describe your Zoom background. Well, of course, people might think that I'm down in Somerset having a good old British Christmas, <laughs> but in fact, behind me is a banner that says differently. It says Basil's Bar Mystique. <laughs> uh, but sadly, I'm not there. <laughs> so what does what does Christmas, if you're not in Mustique, what does Christmas look like in the Forstrup house? Very strict, very, very strict routine. Uh, <laughs> stockings. Well, actually, it used to be a lot easier because we used to have the Christmas stockings, you know, very early. The kids would wake up at six or six thirty. Well, I mean, they're teenagers now. They're barely going to bed at six or six thirty. <laughs> so I have to drag them out of bed. Normally, I, you know, I lose patience by about nine thirty. And then we open the stockings in bed, all four of us. Bit of a squeeze, as I say, these days now that they're teenagers uh, and my husband takes up quite a bit of space. Uh, and then we totter downstairs. We make Christmas breakfast. Lovely. We have Christmas breakfast with a little glass of fizz, which makes me instantly drunk because I'm not used to, despite all of the slurs that you've made about my character, I'm not used to drinking in the morning normally. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go through to the living room at about 11 o'clock. And that's when we do the presents around the tree. Lovely. Um, and what do you, what are you having? Turkey, goose, duck, Turkey, swan? turkey. I keep thinking every year I have an ambition to have something really different, you know, a goose. Yeah perhaps not a swan because I don't want to have my head cut off. <laughs> so yeah, no, we're back with the turkey again. Every I think duck sometimes I think would be nice. A bit of moisture instead of that dry <laughs> old bird that is the turkey. But no, every year, relentlessly, as it comes, turkey, cranberry sauce, sprouts with a bit of pancetta, you know, because I've gone modern, um, or, and chestnuts. <laughs> we have mashed sweet potato. I really like that. I nicked that from Americans, Thanksgiving, you know, all of the stuff. All the the only thing, the, the thing I don't do is I I don't have a Christmas pudding. I don't like a Christmas pudding. Oh, Plummy. that's the best bit. No, no, no. I, no. Love it. I have a sticky toffee pudding instead. It needs to be, the Christmas pudding needs to be a bought one. Disgusting. You want the cheapest possible one in a plastic pot. You whack it in the microwave of the oven for about eight seconds and it comes out hotter than the sun. That's what you want. Just think, can I just say one thing on the old pudding thing? I don't think it really matters. The pudding is really just the carrier for the brandy butter. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What are you having? Well, so for the first time ever, we're away on Christmas Day. So we are not at home. We're in Lyme Regis, uh, which is our favourite place in the world. We've got a cottage, log burner, lovely, by the sea, got the dog. And so we're going out for the first time ever to a, well, fingers crossed, <laughs> 
uh, we're going out uh, for Christmas Day, but we booked it quite late. So our lunch is at 12. So we can't hang about this morning because we've got... <laughs> so there's no breakfast for us. We're under strict instructions, no breakfast. We've got a full Christmas dinner and then we're going to take the dog. We're going to walk over to Durdle Door, then back to Lyme Regis to, to in more, you know, swimming in brandy butter. It sounds like absolute heaven. I'm actually slightly jealous. Now, um, obviously, I mentioned that you, I, you've already given me my Christmas present, which is two lovely secondhand Christmas tank tops. Vintage uh, is the word you're looking for. Vintage, yeah. that's what I was thinking yeah. of. Retro. Yeah. Uh, but you've not had your Christmas present yet, but you've got it there, haven't you? So why don't we open? Let's open some Christmas presents. Yay! Well, first of all, I think it would be quite nice. It's all in a lovely cardboard box. Um, I would quite like to first show everyone my Christmas card and also let them hear it because he doth speak. Hello, uh, this is uh, Boris, your PM, wishing you a, a happy Christmas. I hope you have a, a wonderful uh, day and that your sack is bulging. Castigat, Redendo, Mores. Okay, cut, cut. Yes, cut, <laughs> cut. That's enough of that. Yeah, it's I an interesting I, I... decision. It's an interesting decision to get someone to do the voice who's never actually heard Boris Johnson speak. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy that. An innuendo. <laughs> so if you're missing me over Christmas, if you're missing the innuendo, there you are, look. An innuendo night and day. I just opened the card and it's like a, a double whammy, if you will. But what's the positive version of a double whammy? Because I've not only got you making innuendos, <laughs> but also the Prime Minister. <laughs> I see here. I've got a thermos. It's not. It's not wrapped in paper, so I can reveal that very quickly. Yes. Um, well, you said you wanted a thermos. I, I do really want a thermos, but is there anything in it? Because I think I've, my ice machine is broken. So <laughs> I have here. I have here a little Negroni that I was planning on just cracking open. My ice machine is broken. Is in the fridge. The most, yes. In the, in the, for, for as first world problems go. So, um, so there isn't anything in the thermos. I'll tell you why, because we talked about putting eggnog in a thermos yeah. and a listener got in touch and said, if I did that and tried to post your eggnog, it would turn into scrambled <laughs> eggs. But, the, and, and then I, so I bought you a can of something. It wouldn't fit in the thermos. So if you have a look in the box, have a rummage in the bottom of the box. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a can. Oh, and I've, yes, I've got one is... as well. Oh my goodness. You've really gone to town on me this year. We've both got a snowball in a tin. It's, it's, it says warnings. Does that mean that it is super strong or it says smooth <laughs> and mellow? Matt, how would it be lukewarm, which is how I'm going to be drinking well, it? Should we crack them open? We're going to find out. Come on then, yeah. Christmas morning. Crack it crack open. open Cheers. There we um, are. It's, it's, oh, it's a disgusting colour. It's a really that. horrible colour. At least drinking out of a can, we can't see the colour of it. Oh, I quite like that. It's like, what's that stuff? That cream soda. You know that cream soda? That's nice. Soda? Lemonade and avocado and lime. Look at that. So is it actually alcoholic or not? Yeah, I'm wasting yeah, my four, time here. It's only 4.3%, but it's, you know, it's better than nothing. You know, after that listener very kindly wrote in and discouraged you from sending the eggnog in the post. Um, I am feeling a bit queasy still at the very <laughs> thought of that. And and this is a, is a strange eggy colour, really, isn't it? <laughs> It is a bit eggy. Yes, yeah, so that's a mm. snowball. What else have you got in your box, Mariella? Um, oh, innuendo, innuendo, innuendo. Oh, look at this. You now, said you wanted is... something to wear for Christmas. Yeah, and you have really gone to town and spoilt me. Off with the reindeer horns. Off. I've thrown them on the floor. I've thrown them away. And on goes the Christmas turkey hat. I am this year's Christmas turkey for Times Radio. Look, it's so tall, this turkey, that I can barely get its legs in the zoom shot. 
And then and then there's something else in your box as well. Because okay, you said you wanted something to wear. And I, I heard you talking to Anna Murphy about these. Basically, I couldn't find any of the ones that she was talking about. But you were worried about being oh, cold. So you've got no. a nice scarf. You really do care about me after all. Isn't that beautiful? Look, look at that. Look, Maybe look, I'll just keep nice, it up over my face for the rest of the A nice festive scarf. There we That's are. That's a beautiful scarf covered in Christmas stars. There'll be no wise men on this show or women, <laughs> but I've got the stars that they followed over my there shoulder. There we are. Look at that. You've got a hat and a scarf. What more do you want? <laughs> Honest to goodness, this is and the a can best of, Christmas morning I've ever had. And uh, a can of lukewarm six, so that's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually going to have a slug of this, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to brave it. I think the um, sort of tepid room temperature of it really sets it <laughs> off. Oh my God, it's disgusting. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Matt. It will be an act of love if I get through the whole contents of this can over our hour together this morning. Well, we've got plenty of time. Right, let's press on then. Um, do you remember? What have we got to do? You've got all your... Do you remember? <laughs> what? I don't know how this has happened. Normally, they give us five minutes uh, on the coffee break, and now they've given us a whole hour. So they've given us some structure. So come on, let's focus. Now, uh, lots of you uh, who are listening today, maybe not with the people you might have hoped to have been with because of you know what and all of that. Well, so that's what we're certainly gonna... true of you. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do is going to be sharing messages throughout the show that you've you've sent in before Christmas Day. Don't send them in today because we've we've got plenty, and so we definitely can't read out any sent in today. Uh, so yeah, Mary, have you got have you got a, have you got a message that someone sent in? I have got a message. I'm just struggling to take myself seriously with this upended <laughs> turkey on my head, but don't worry about that. I've got a message from Richard Reed who says. Greetings from Australia. If possible, my family would love to have a shout out to my wife's uncle in London. His name is Barry McCarthy. Hello, Barry McCarthy. Hello, an Barry. Actor on, an actor on TV, film and stage who originated the role of Dumbledore in The Cursed Child in the original West End production. Ooh, real Ooh, live posh. celebrity. Ooh, you ought gosh. to get him on your show. Uh, he's, 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 he's actually at two o'clock in January. <laughs> <laughs> we were to be over there to visit him this year, but that idea died in the pandemic. So Barry's sister, Jen, niece, Kirsten, my wife in brackets, and grandnephew Hugo and the rest of his Oz-based family wanted to wish him a very Merry Christmas. And so Merry did Matt Christmas and I. Merry there Christmas. we are. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bells for you. Um, I've got one from Stuart Kane. He says, I'm stuck at home in Perth. That's the Scottish one, not the Australian one uh, with Richard. I'm stuck at home in Perth with COVID and we'll be isolating at Christmas so I'm on my Todd with only you and Mariella for company just when things couldn't get any worse while I cook myself a Christmas dinner. Happy Christmas to Stuart. Happy Christmas Stuart. Let me just tell Stuart that it could be worse. He could have a can of snowball <laughs> cocktail warnings, <laughs> lemonade, avocado and lime and be forced to drink that. So Merry Christmas to you Stuart. Um, I've got one here from Nicola Solomons. Uh, she says oh she's just down the road from you Matt. I live in Cornwall but my mother is in a care home in Wiltshire near my brother. The care home has decreed that residents can only have one 45 minute visit a week now and no trips out of the home. This means instead of a big family Christmas at my brother's in Wiltshire, two of us can only go and visit her on Christmas Day for 45 minutes. I will therefore be driving up on Christmas Eve, staying in a caravan so that I can keep isolated and going to see her at 3pm Christmas Day. I've been isolating for 10 days already. Wow. And she says, Christmas morning would be great. I love the show and have been a Times Radio devotee since day one. And yes, I already have my online subscription. Thanks. Lucky you said that because we're just about to do the subscription read. Um, and she says, uh, thanks for all the love. 
glass. And I just want to say that I think Nicola really summons up the spirit of Christmas there, doesn't she? The amount of sacrifice she's put into just getting to go and visit her mum for 45 minutes. Yeah, for um, isolating in a caravan on your own at Christmas. You definitely deserve some bells for that. Right, we'll do some more of your um, your messages later on. But let's now crank open our selection box and see which dark, fruity and nutty delights lie inside. Did you write that? I did write that, yeah. It's good, isn't it? It's bad. It's award-winning. It's award-winning. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to pick through some of our favourite bits from the show and we're going to kick off with our favourite feature. So what's... Uh, what's your favourite feature from your show, Marielle? Well, one of my favourite uh, elements of our show is uh, Life and Times. I can say that because it wasn't me. It was the brilliant Molly who came up with the idea. And it's inspired by the obituary section of the paper where we remember fascinating and quirky people like the founder of the uh, boogie board or the inventor of tiramisu. People that we really need to know Tumisu, about. The tiramisu man was amazing. It was amazing. Was I really amazing. remember that. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. And, and, like, was it, he invented it in like the 70s, didn't he? We, we all thought it was like hundreds of years old from the mountains of Italy. And it wasn't. It was just like a naff 70s pud to use up some cream or something. But the 70s is the equivalent of hundreds of years ago to you, isn't it, Matt? <laughs> Whereas for me, it's only yesterday. Uh, so we like to celebrate the lives of fascinating and, and quirky and unusual people and also important cultural and political figures obviously, but it's always lovely to hear those anecdotes, you know, from, from friends and family. Lovely, well, let's take a listen then. Well, in Life and Times today, we're remembering Sheila Bromberg, a harpist who was the only woman to play on the Beatles' Sgt Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album, and on that classic disco track you just heard the beginning of their Boogie Nights. In 2011, she appeared on the BBC's One Show and recalled that day in the mid-1960s when she first worked with the Famous Four. He didn't tell me at the time that it was for the Beatles. You never knew who you were going to play with. And I was sitting here at half past eight, tuning the harp, thinking of nothing in particular. Suddenly, a piece of music was plonked on my music stand. I gave it a brief look. Oh, yeah, right, right. And then this voice said, uh, well, what you got on the dust? Meaning, uh, what's written on the music? I recognised the Liverpool accent, turned round, of course, it was Paul McCartney. Wednesday morning at five o'clock as the day begins. I just remember she was um, in the studio and the air conditioning had stopped working. It was a hot summer's day and she could be a bit of a prima donna sometimes, I think. And she just decided that she wasn't going to play her harp until somebody got a, a bucket filled with ice to put her feet in. <laughs> oh, no, I love I love life in times. What, the thing I love about it is... Because one of the best things in the Times is the obituaries. They don't gloss over the bad stuff. You know, you get warts and all this, you know, it's a whole sort of life. And then bringing it to life with the people who knew the person. It's lovely, lovely. Um, well, that was your, that's your uh, favourite feature. So my favourite feature on the show is every Wednesday we do PMQs Unpacked, where we pause the action live in the House of Commons and try and analyse it as we go along with Tim Shipman or Patrick Maguire. But then what we did back in July when it was the 60th anniversary of the first PMQs. Oh, I like no this one, one. No one else is going to do this. Mm, we like recreated this. the very first edition of PMQs from 1961 with Patrick McGuire and I and analysers went along. All of it, because obviously it wasn't recorded at the time, so it was all recreated by the brilliant comedian and impressionist Kieran Hodgson. So this was uh, PMQ's Unpacked, episode one. And so to a most welcome historic anniversary, the 60th birthday of Prime Minister's Questions. 
I'm Matt Chorley, joined by Patrick Maguire, editor of the Times Red Box, and together we're going to pause the action from the House of Commons on the 18th of July, 1961. Order, order. It would be unusual to place in the library a copy of a speech made on a party political occasion, uh, but it would give the Conservative Central Office great pleasure to send the Honourable Member a copy of the speech that I made in Cannes on the 1st of July. Well, Patrick McGuire, that's our first joke. Is it? I mean, we're setting the bar low, not knowing what's yet to come in 1961. I detected some titters in the public gallery at that uh, acid put-down. So that's when things work well, isn't it, Matt? I love PMQs unpacked. It's so brilliant. The idea of stopping the action, having a little chat about it, then starting off again. Such a good item, Matt. Did you think of it? I did. I did. We did so it first annoying. of all. We we did it first of all on the podcast. Well, obviously, that was easier because we could just cut it together and edit it later. But doing it live has been a bit fraught. By doing it, I notice far more now than I used to. Particular quirk, or sometimes you spot, oh, that's a new policy from Keir Starmer, or that's a new line of attack. Whereas if you just sort of let it all wash over you and then you analyse it at the end, you sort of slightly miss some of the bits and pieces along the way. That's why they get away with blue murder, isn't it? They just slip things into those monologues and you suddenly go, oh my goodness, okay, so. Uh... Did, did he say I can't leave the house for the next six months? <laughs> what? What? Anyway, uh, obviously that was a clip of, of things going well. But what about when things go wrong? I mean, I know that they probably never go wrong for you. You're a consummate uh, professional. Um, but I've had a few nightmares. I'm sure you've had a couple. <laughs> well, I mean, in terms of guests who've had a bit of a nightmare, there was, you might remember, obviously COP26. We'll talk about COP26 because you went to COP26. Before COP26, we had the Prime Minister's COP26 spokeswoman. Allegra Stratton on the show to answer some of our listeners' questions. I have a diesel Golf. It's third hand and I've had it for eight years. Uh, have you still got your diesel? I haven't still got my diesel. Actually. <gasps> yeah, I got rid of it. I mean, it's not the worst thing that's happened to Allegra Stratton after an appearance on the media this year. But she came on in August and revealed she had an old diesel car while trying to tell everyone else to do the right thing for the planet. And it got such a bad reaction that by the time she came on again in September... She'd got rid of it. Interestingly, I think there's a bit of a pattern here because when she came on my show at COP26, it was about three days in. She got there a bit late, looking a little bit harassed and said that she had been up till very late the night before and had a crippling hangover. So she said that just before we started recording, we did our interview and then she, she did very well, though I did in the back of my head keep thinking, this is your big job. This is your big gig. <laughs> Who would stay up till three o'clock in the morning uh, knowing that they have to face the world's media the next day? But nevertheless, she equipped herself uh, perfectly well. But then, of course, all of that stuff broke uh, about Christmas parties and things. And I thought yet again on Times Radio, a precursor. For things yeah. to come. Yeah, don't come on Times Radio is the moral of that story. I mean, the other <laughs> thing, the big risk with live radio, which we do three hours a day of live radio, is if someone swears, basically. You know, the mics are open, anything can happen. What about when it's someone that actually, you know, you're slightly trepidatious about having on to start with, but then you think, oh, come on. I mean, he's older than me. He's an old guy now, and he's not going to be too much trouble. So um, a disaster for me was... My interview with the former Sex Pistols frontman, Johnny Rotten. I mean, this could what? be a lovely interview, but frankly, I can't, can't be f***ed with you. F*** off. Oh. oh, dear. Um, thank you very Fucking much. I speak to you. Oh, I think you've got to stop swearing on live radio, Johnny. <laughs> 
you know what made him furious? I was just telling him that Bobby Gillespie had said nice things about him. I know, that he was got... what was so funny, was he got really mad about you trying to pay him a compliment. <laughs> Imagine if I'd been rude to him. <laughs> <laughs> I loved your, oh dear, that was proper Frankie Howard. <laughs> Um, just too, it was too ridiculous because, to be honest, you know, if you're Johnny Rotten or Johnny Lydon or John Lydon, as he's as he's now known, do you really, when you're trying to promote your tour, go on on radio shows and start swearing and acting like you're a twenty year old punk? It's just a also, bit silly. Also, it's very difficult to still be pulling that shtick when you are literally the face of butter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, when it's not swearing, other disasters have happened this year as well. Now, I've been doing my show from home loads this year. Let me take you right back to January, Mariela. After the, 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 the sort of Christmas lockdown, I was doing my show from home. I confess that my Wi-Fi wasn't necessarily up to it. And about half an hour into the show, the Wi-Fi packed up. And the only way I could broadcast was using my mobile phone, which I did the entire show for two and a half hours on my phone. Uh, let's take a listen. Um, right, coming up next, we'll have uh, webcam suggestions. You'll Trump. Keep those coming. Matt Chorley on Times Radio with you between now and uh, one o'clock. Well, it's that time of the morning, just after 10.30, when we always speak to two of our favourite columnists. Today, it's Webcram on a Thursday. That's Esther Webber. Morning, Esther. Morning. And Robert Crampton. Morning, Robert. Morning, Matt. You're listening to Times Radio with me, Matt Chorley, or at least you were until things fell off. <laughs> That's very much the emergency <laughs> tape kicking in. It was terrible. So that was just after 10.30. I think Stig Abel ran in and picked things up. And, uh, yeah, I, um, I had to do the whole show on my phone. <laughs> God, then you must um, have had some tech fails. Oh, yes, yes. Of course, we've had our own fair share of tech fails. Um, like when my mic uh, was left up during the news when we were broadcasting live from the Founders Forum last summer. That was a bit embarrassing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I can't put Atmos... I'm Mariella Frostrup. This is Times Radio. Sorry about that. We're on location. Anything can happen. Uh, let's get the news with Rachel Jewell. <laughs> Anything can happen and it just did. <laughs> you have to laugh because otherwise you'd cry, wouldn't you? Oh, that is terrific. Uh, that is absolutely <laughs> terrific. I don't think I heard that. Um, that's... Uh... <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a classic, but there have been quite a number. I mean, to be honest, we probably could have filled this whole show with uh, tech well, failures, but I'll why honest, would we I'm, do that? I'm, I'm very pleased that my mic has never been left up for what I've been saying off air, because I think, well, I wouldn't still be in a job. I'm very um, glad that your mic has never been left up while we've been having a little chat pre our coffee break. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think I think we'd both be fired if that happened. Very good. This is Matt and Mariella's Selection Box, picking out the best and indeed worst bits of 2021 and sharing your Christmas messages. Still to come, uh, we will work our way through this can of uh, Snowball. <laughs> oh, mm, must delicious. we? Oh. Le- mm, it's absolutely... <laughs> what I like is since it's been open, it's, it's, it's warmed even more. Uh, we'll, take, <laughs> we'll take a look about our favourite injuries from the last year. We've got, um, we're going to hear again the egg and spoon race. If you missed that, that's an absolute treat. And we'll do um, some uh, more of your messages. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. 
For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk. This is Matt and Marietta's selection box, picking out the best and, I'll be honest, worst bits of 2021 and sharing some of your Christmas messages. Marietta, have you got a few more messages? I certainly have. We were actually flooded with them, weren't we, really? Which was really nice. And um, Ron Godfrey has written in, said, will you and the long-suffering... Thank you very much, Ron, for noticing. Uh, Mariella, please say hello to my family who may be having a party, if it's still allowed, in Simmons Yacht this Christmas. Anne, Ed, Linda, Ken, Heidi, Tom, Jill and James. We're not worrying about presents, just presents. Oh, I like that line. Uh, that's really good, Ron. And maybe he could write my scripts. And we're just going to be nice to each other. And I'm continuing to look at how I can become greener in 2022. Well done, you, Ron. Well done, Ron. Merry Christmas to Ron and everyone else at the party. Uh, this from Nigel. Nigel says, I did not want Christmas to pass without wishing you and yours a as happy a Christmas as is possible. You and your colleagues have brightened up many a life over the course of the pandemic. Don't touch the lathe. That's obviously a, an obscure reference to Patrick McGuire doing an impression of um, Lindsay Hoyle being a CDT teacher in school. Anyway, we don't need to get on that. Wishing uh, with every good wish for Christmas in the new year. Well, happy Christmas to you, Nigel. Um, I've got one from Karen Richards in Guildford. Uh, please, can you give a mention to Jonathan Richards, my husband of three years on your Christmas Day show? We'll be listening in on Christmas Day and he'll be surprised to hear his name. So hello, Jonathan, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Jonathan. And this one's from Viv, says, I love Times Radio and especially you and Mariella. I, she says, I've been on my own for three years since my husband very sadly died of cancer. She says, my friends have invited me on Christmas Day for the last three years and again this year but I really struggle with the enforced jollity. So this year, I'm spending the day on my own for the first time ever, and it's my choice. I say alone, but I have my gorgeous cats, Maisie, Max and Matty, all rescued cats and all full of mischief. Viv, I'll gloss over that because my views on cats are well known. However, Viv goes on. I will absolutely be listening to your Marielle's programme on Christmas Day, so a shout-out would be wonderful. And you never know, in 2022, I may pluck up the courage to have a go at the quiz. Sometimes I can't answer question one. Sometimes I get to the last one or two. Fear of embarrassing myself on live radio is holding me back. I've also booked to see you at the Lowry next year. Oh, she's mentioned my tour. How embarrassing. Oh, goodness. How... You must be really, yeah, really, oh, really, really shocked annoying. and ashamed because really... you read through all of these messages before we put them in the show, <laughs> didn't you? I know, but... I'd also like to point out that I misread it because I thought it said, I can't answer QI. And I thought she was comparing your quiz with QI. And I was thinking, well, no, that's all right, love. You'll be fine. Um, but, but also, I think that's a really lovely message from Viv. And I totally understand her position on enforced jollity. And actually, to be honest, even though I'm not a cat person myself, I quite 
quite like to be snuggled up on the sofa with Viv and her cats yeah. at the moment. So big jingle for you, Viv. Big jingle for you, Viv. And hopefully I'll see you at the lab. And if anybody else wants to come and see me on tour, matt.chorley. Mattchorley.com. Mattchorley.com. Now, talking of getting out on the road, Maria, did you see what I'm doing there? I'm doing a, a, a oh, segue. A beautiful. Segue. So professional. Talking of getting Dic- out on the road. <laughs> particularly for a man who's halfway through a can of lemonade, avocado and lime. Mm, the original snowball cocktail, smooth and mellow, it says on the tin. Uh, yes, talking of being out on the road, we've been out of the studio on a few occasions. We've had COP26, party conferences. I went to the town of Chorley. Chorley and Chorley was a lot of fun. But I think by far my favourite moment of being out on the road was at the uh, Labour and Tory party conferences. We were giving away Times Radio egg cups to promote the breakfast show. So the obvious thing to do is to have an egg and spoon race between journalists and politicians. But at the Tory party conference, it went a bit wrong. It is very good. Oh, it's a photo finish. It is a photo finish. Eggs have been dropped. Eggs have been dropped all over the back of the Daily Politics. You put BBC Two on. You... <laughs> oh, lively behind us. You see how husky you got when you were there. I know, it's because I got the conference cold. At Labour, I got the cold at Labour conference. I've also been out and about. Um, yep. You heard my moment at the Founders Forum when I didn't realise the microphone was still turned up. Thank you very much, producer Bessie, for that. Um, she fared much, much better, I have to say. Well done, Bessie, uh, when we went to Glasgow for the COP26 summit. It was such a brilliant week. I, I was you know, slightly trepidatious about it, kind of thought we were going to be out on the fringes somewhere and we're going to feel, you know, I just didn't know what to expect. And then I get there and when there's amazing uh, redesigned pub just down the road from the, the, the conference centre and it was incredibly comfortable, brilliant atmosphere. All the Times Earth crew were there as well. And um, we just had this incredible array of guests. I mean, there's one guy who was the... Uh, Environment Minister for Palau, a tiny island in Micronesia, which unbelievably I've been to. I mean, I, I think you could probably find five people in the world who aren't <laughs> Palauans who've been there, but I've been there. And he talked about, you know, what they were experiencing at the forefront of the, the climate change. And, and honestly, we were all in tears. Let's have a listen. Amazing. English cities can get more in this game the more devolution that we have. If we hit 2038, we will have developed the skills base, we will have pioneered the new technologies. It will make it more likely that that the UK will hit 2050. I don't know if it shows, but I'm just much happier in this role than I ever was in, in Westminster. I feel but I'm more myself. But you're ever so young, so a full-time I'm as mayor. So, I'm not so young. I'm still time to be prime I, minister. I'm older than I look, Mariella, a, a bit like you. I know that's a very rude thing to say, isn't it? Unbelievable. <laughs> I've been so generous to you. <laughs> you have. I know. Can we scrap that bit from the, uh, from the interview? 1.15%? <laughs> that was a bit of a shocker can when you, you bought your first flat. Sorry, suddenly... can you see what they've put on the screen? Uh, they've put your face. They've no, put your they face put... on the cockatoo. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, you cackling there at the cockatoo uh, just reminds me of you cackling at the turkey hat that I was wearing earlier, but I've had to take off because I was getting a bit of a sweaty head. I have to say. I must admit, yeah. This um, the my light up Christmas jumper. The trouble <laughs> with the light up is that the electricals are sort of sandwiched between two layers, so it's a sort of double layer of um, of Christmas. Anyway, you know, if yes. I'd been really clever, I would have had a button here that I could press and electrocute you. <laughs> charming, charming. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Right, um, should we do some more messages? Uh, okay, some more messages I've got one here. In? 
Yeah, Steve Ollie, he says, hey, Matt and Mariella, Merry Christmas. Love your shows. Please, may I get a shout out to my COVID-infected brother, David Ollie, who's missing Christmas with the folks and loves listening to PMQs and cheering them all on. Oh, so he's multi-denominational then, uh, David, but sadly also has COVID. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, David Ollie, and I hope you're getting on okay in your isolation. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas to Steve and David. Julia Stevens says, I run a not-for-profit providing experiential learning to stu students studying built environment courses. Like everyone what? else, things have been... I don't really, under I don't really understand that either. I think it's... Are they, they learning to be bricklayers? Are they, I think they learned to be bricklayers. Like everyone else, things have been tough during the pandemic, but I wonder if you could give a shout-out to all of the universities and students that are booked in for 2022. We're very much looking forward to returning to a bit of normality and seeing them build our fantastic projects such as the Gherkin, Milau Cable Bridge, Barcelona Tower, etc. in six days. Into, oh, they are, they are literally learning how to build things. She says, I'm working hard to get the students to come on your quiz, as I love it. And if you ever fancy coming to do an outdoor broad, outdoor broadcast in North Norfolk, sounds Ooh, a bit cold. Chilly, yeah. I mean, that would complete my conversion into Alan Partridge. You've got the right <laughs> outfit for it, though, haven't you? <laughs> and that's a start. <laughs> she says, you've been more than welcome. Thanks so much and keep up the great work, she says. So happy Christmas to Julia and all of her students. Um, I've got one from David Hitchcock um, saying, may I request a hello on your 10 a.m. show, please? I feel I'm owed a festive hello for having various songs and jingles ingrained in my brain each day whilst listening to your show since last summer. I do wonder if you ever worry about being sued, Matt, for the, the pain you inflict on <laughs> listeners with, <laughs> with some of your jingles. Nothing wrong I know with my husband jingles. and I were discussing it. <laughs> Uh, Tom McGee says, hey, could I have a quick shout out to Peter in Kent, who has just unwrapped Fiona Hill's memoir, There's Nothing For You Here. The inspiration for this gift from his thoughtful son, none other than Matt's interview with Fiona back in October. So we've literally, we've sold a book. We've sold a book. Um, and uh, I don't know if that means that Peter listened or Tom listened, but um, uh, happy Christmas to you both. And Peter, I hope... I uh, hope that you enjoy this. Fiona Hill's genuinely fascinating. Grew up in the northeast of England. Uh, was was teased horribly at Oxford and all that. Um, ended up leaving the UK and ended up in America, where she became a Russia advisor for George W. Bush, Barack Obama and Donald Trump. So she's been this huge success in America, where she's just got an English accent, rather than, she says, the snobbery of, you know, Whitehall and all of that in the UK because of her northeast accent. But isn't that also um, the best way to be well known is to be well known away from where you actually live? Because, you know, I mean, in fact, someone told me once uh, that Rowan Atkinson wouldn't allow Mr. Bean to be released in Italy. And the reason he wouldn't was he wanted there to be one place and Italy was the place he particularly <laughs> liked visiting. He wanted there to be one place on the planet where people didn't recognise him. And it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I don't think they stuck to that, but. I don't know. If, uh, it's a shame you weren't talking about Mr. Bean with your turkey ha hat on when you were um, doing yeah, that. Yeah, I, I might put it on again a bit later in the show, but I was getting quite hot. And, and also I started feeling like I had to kind of come out with Viking sea shanties, because although you call it a turkey hat, I call it oh, a hat with horns. It's 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 a warrior that's hat. A, that's a myth. That's a myth, isn't it? The horns are a myth. That's something yeah. I learned on Times Radio this year. They don't actually. Anyway, they didn't really have horns. Some of them had I've, horns. Another message from Meg. She says, my best friend Taylor, this is for me, to be clear, is your biggest fan. 
He can recite most episodes. This is because he listens on the podcast. Has a countdown for focus groups and deep, deeply dreads no new episode Fridays, which is fine. But we've been doing episodes on Fridays since June. Anyway, <laughs> his exams also start in three weeks. And unsurprisingly, he finds himself on edge. The Red Box podcast is his go-to. A quick shout-out really would mean the world. So happy Christmas to Taylor. And you'll be able to, you can listen back to this on the podcast as well. So that'll be lovely. That will be lovely. And of course, some listeners just send in messages. Others send in jingles. Uh, I think you started this off, so I have to give you credit for it. And let's play the one for your show. When you don't need I've genuinely had that stuck in my head for weeks. It's torture. You'll feel festive surely with Matt Shirley on Times Radio. But it wasn't just me. They did you one as well. Mary Ellis, the belle of the ball, disarmingly charming to all. Who needs Cinderella? Mrs. Pisa, Mary Ellis, your belle of the ball. With her husky ho-ho, she's the star of the show. Mary Well, there you go. That's a real earworm if ever I heard one. I do hope David and Jilly have set up their own company because the one thing that a jingle's supposed to be is annoyingly catchy. And I would say that both of those are <laughs> annoyingly catchy. So we wanted to say a massive thank you to Jilly and David for making those for us, but especially to Jilly, who has her birthday on Christmas Day. Hey, happy, happy birthday, birthday. Jilly! Happy Woo. birthday to Jilly and David. Now, if you can sober up for a few minutes or sit up straight at the very least, with so that hat you, pulling you over. <laughs> you read this bit. I'm going to finish off my snowball cocktail. Mm. Oh, he's off and he's mixing it with a beer as well. Oh, sorry. Trade secrets. Anyway, um, we're now going to turn to our favourite serious interviews. Uh, one of mine was when I interviewed the cricketer Azim Rafiq. He might have been an hour late for a live interview, which caused some tension in the building and in the studio, but it was definitely well worth the wait. Do you think that Yorkshire cricket represents Yorkshire? No, I don't think Yorkshire cricket represents humanity, to be honest. Um, and I think they've shown that over the last 18 months. Yorkshire cricket has got uh, as shown... Not just Yorkshire cricket, cricket in general has been shown the mirror yesterday and that's the reality, Be hiding behind PR and hiding behind uh, fluffy uh, initiatives and statements. Uh, but I don't think Yorkshire cricket uh, represents humanity. It was such an amazing interview that. I mean, it's I mean, an incredible story, but the fact that he he was, he was just told it so sort of straightforwardly, I think. And But he also just looked so vulnerable. I mean, he had tears in his eyes, you know, on a number uh, of occasions during the interview. And I think it's just because the whole experience must have just been so brutal, you know, and to confront something like that when, you know, every bit of, you know, sage advice would probably be from people to just leave it alone and keep your head down and you know, instead he he tackled it, and I think it was really amazing. All credit to him, really. I, th I think he he should definitely be up there in line for a man of the year, Azim Rafiq. Now we know you don't really do serious interviews, but there must be one. That's that is rude. <laughs> that is rude. We do all the serious interviews. We do all the serious interviews. Um, well, I think for me the standout one, because the one that took the most palaver to get to happen, was when I interviewed Ken McCallum, who's the head of MI5, 
And that, yeah, there was lots of meetings and briefings and all that sort of thing before it happened. And actually, once he got in the room and he was with Neil Bass, who was the head of counterterrorism, once we actually, the three of us were just in a room with the microphones, it was fine. It was all the sort of rigmarole before. And we talked a lot about their concern that during lockdown, obviously, there, you know, there were very few terror risks because people were all at home. Uh, and that as we opened up again, that people would start, you know, you start getting crowds again. That's a potential threat. But also people who are radicalised online. And we've seen incidents you know, in the last uh, 12 months, where we don't yet know if that, that was the thing that happened. So that, and, and they, um, Cameron Callum in particular, spoke really movingly, I thought, or just thoughtfully about when you're sitting there and you are a spy and you've got a piece of paper that comes in with some intelligence and do you put it in the nothing to worry about pile or the let's look into this a bit more pile? Such a huge responsibility, isn't it? They're making those decisions all the time, it's all mm. the time. And you have to go home and, and Neil Basu spoke about speaking to the staff at MI5, I think after the Manchester bombings, knowing that, you know, and, and they've lost, he described how they'd lost people, police and MI5 staff, who'd basically taken their own lives because they couldn't cope with the with the pressure. So all of that was incredibly sort of like wowzers. This is like big stuff that's going on. But obviously, as you point out, I also like to do silly bits. I asked uh, Ken McCallum, let's be honest, a question that everyone uh, wants to know the answer to. Yes, we have gadgets at MI5. What's your favourite gadget at MI5? I'm not going to answer oh, that question now. <laughs> but that's so funny because you know that my husband's biggest complaint when we walked out of uh, the James Bond No Time to Die uh, movie was he was like, what? What? What was that about? And how can they make a James Bond with no gadgets? Just one magnet. Plot spoiler, not really. But um, he was outraged. Yeah. <laughs> so I do think, you know, if you're going to be a spy, you have to have gadgets. He also, what I loved as well, was I I said to Kevin McCallum, tell me about the uh, train set that you've got at MI5. It was the only time he looked a bit unnerved. He was like, how do you know about that? I said to him, it's on your website. It was on the MI5 website <laughs> that they had a train set, which used to carry around pre-email and all that to carry around sort of sensitive documents. They would put it on this sort of carrying system, which would carry documents from different parts of the building together. And he you love the very... fact that there's... They're so secretive that, that even the things they've made public, they're still trying to be secretive yes. about. Well, it's not on the website anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it was taken down. It was taken down. So I enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed doing that. But um, I think we've established that consummate broadcasters, though we are, just occasionally uh, there might be moments. I mean, I, I even wrote for our first anniversary, I wrote a piece for The Times about how I was basically turning into Alan Partridge. Um, and I think my sort of Alan partridge moments are... Basically, I, if I, particularly if I leave the studio, I end up making very strange noises. So the G's coming on in three, two, one, now. Ho, ho, ho! Good. Keep breathing normally. Muscle tensing for me, Matt. G's <coughs> 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 coming off. We're rolling out. Breathe normally now, but keep the legs tensed until the wings are level. It was very good. Well flown. <laughs> But you know that, something. He clearly doesn't know you because he clearly doesn't know you because he said muscles tensing, and I'd say what muscles? Unbelievable. So that was me doing my best James Bond impression. I went to the centrifuge, the RAF's centrifuge, because we were doing a feature on space, and uh, the uh, UK Space Agency told me to experience the G-force in space. Turns out it's quite stressful. I didn't like it. I got quite hot and bothered. I don't know if I want to go into space after all. But it turned out I made exactly the same noise when I tried out an e-scooter. Sorry, taxi drivers. Taxi drivers notoriously happy uh, to be held up by uh, novelty vehicles. Ah, there we are. 
<laughs> That's quite a bit faster than I was necessarily expecting. <laughs> this is why I shouldn't be allowed to leave the office. You um, are so Alan Partridge. I mean, I don't, <laughs> you don't have to write columns about it. I mean, everyone can see it. Everyone can hear it. There's no need to announce it from the ramparts, as it were. Um, I haven't got anything to rival those strange grunting noises, which I, I'm going to try and forget. But, you know, it's one of those things. It's like once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. <laughs> it's the same. Oh, with come hearing, on. You've got it as your I phone ringtone. Every time I send you a text. And then there's a, then there's a man's voice going. <laughs> tighten those muscles <laughs> but um i i've i have taken a leaf out of your book if you will and uh decided on having just one single way of introducing my show every day and i like to stick to it religiously because you've made your trademark you know good morning good morning good morning well here's mine Welcome back or welcome if you've just joined us. Welcome back or just welcome. Welcome back or indeed welcome. Welcome back or indeed welcome if you've just joined us. Welcome, 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 welcome. <laughs> Is that enough welcome for you, Matt Chorley? <laughs> welcome. Welcome back. Do you do that automatically? Is that scripted or is that you? Is that just like a, a tick? Like you just do it without thinking? It's a tick. And there's another one that I've noticed that is really irritating. And it's the one I probably should have zoomed in on uh, for this programme, which is I go, uh, you know, you know, you know, and it's it's a pause. It's actually a pause. But um, but it's very irritating, I think. And I, I don't know how people still listen to the show, actually. Thank you still for being there. <laughs> Well, 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 welcome back or welcome if you have just joined us. Uh, this was uh, as you as good you morning, mentioned. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Well, hang on a minute. Let's hear the let's hear the 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 original and best. Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. It's Matt Chorley in Manchester. Ah, uh, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, welcome to. Not particularly sunny Brighton. Ah, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning from Bristol. Ah, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. It's Friday then. No, do you know what the thing is, though? So the good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning thing started as an accident. It wasn't a planned thing. I think I did it one day or I did it a couple of days. And then um, occasionally, if I only do three rather than four, people message in and they think that it's like a bad sight, it's a bad omen, so I have to, you know, make up for them. Well, now it's become involuntary, a bit like not clenching those muscles, eh? <laughs> but now we've got something very special put together by your team that neither of us have heard, apparently. Oh, yikes. So let's take a listen. And I'm not sure, would I rather eat a spider or a cow's vagina? Just, it's a very difficult <laughs> choice, that. Storyline of a man who performs minor feats of heroism with his long, striped penis. Yes, you heard that right. I wonder if you managed to solve the case of the giant disappearing rabbit. No, no not gripping its jig, thank you very no, much. No, no. No, we would not murder a horse, Matt. Super expensive. Luckily, I wasn't paying. Anyway, guess who my fellow <laughs> diners were? The Queen Mother... Lord Carrington and Francis Pym. Not joking. Well, thank goodness I brought in some human beings because it was starting to sound like Aesop's fables, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned rabbits. You mentioned rabbits, the giant rabbit story. Yes. That ended up being one of the standout moments on my show this year because we had a man on who was an expert in giant rabbits and he just really... <laughs> 
really rabbited on. There is no such breed as rabbit that is a continental giant. Okay. It's the name that I invented. I think it's very important to make clear to our listeners that the two of us are confronted with uh, three hours a day of live programming. So every now and again, if a giant rabbit gets in there or a man with an excessively long striped penis, uh, then you've just got to forgive Happy us Christmas. for it. Because, yeah, <laughs> Merry Christmas. It's our gift to you. <laughs> well, that brings us, I think, to the end of Matt and Mariella's selection box. Oh, I feel sad. I feel, well, I've, I, well, of the many things that I feel, quite a lot of them, I think, are down to the can of original snowball cocktails and warnings that we've been drinking. Particularly uh, not well. That would be the first thing that I feel. And the second is, it'll be lonely this Christmas. Don't I can't sing a single note, which just goes to show how much I've enjoyed all our coffee mornings over the last year. Oh, because it's been I fabulous. sang and humiliated myself for you. <laughs> Oh, it's been fact. What began is just uh, could Ma- uh, Mariana just come on and just mention what's coming up on her show? Teasing ahead, I think they call it the trade. I would say on an average week of four shows, you remember to mention what's on your show once a week. Oh, not that box. often. Come on, it's been a it's a total joy. It's a total joy. People love it. People love it. It's the bit of work. It's the bit of the show we put the least amount of effort into. It. It's quite often the best. This so we'll, may we'll... well mark the end of that coupling. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, it's nice for you to come on my show and have some listeners. Marianne and I will be back in the new year. I'll be back Tuesday the 4th of January from 10 till 1. And I'll be back on Monday the 3rd of January uh, from 1 till 4, Monday to Thursday. Uh, and as we were discussing, you can catch us every Monday to Thursday for the coffee break from 11.30. But for now, there's nothing else to say except Merry Christmas to you all. And thank you so much for putting up with us for the last year. And we hope you'll stay with us for the next one. Oh, lovely. Maria, happy Christmas. Happy Christmas to all our lovely listeners. And we'll see you in 2022. Yeah, go change those, that outfit. Yeah, that's my advice. Anyway, very, I am very warm. <laughs> very, very hot. Warm. Very, very Happy hot. Christmas! And not in a sexy way. <laughs> that was Matt Mariella's selection box. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends. Stick a review in uh, the Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast from. Tomorrow on the podcast, we bring you our end of year quiz. It's politics without the boring quiz. Pitting shadow working pension secretary Jonathan Ashworth and Tory peer Nicky Morgan against a Times radio team of Aisha Hazarika and Alexis Conran and a Times and Sunday Times team, Lindsay McIntosh and Patrick Maguire. It's an end of year quiz. It's a lot of fun. You can catch it on the podcast tomorrow.